honesty, passion, experience. It's Timberwolves Explosion, hosted on thesportstuff.com and also brought to you by the Oddman Media Network. Here are your hosts, Paladino Joey and Marcus the Forecaster. Hello again, Timberwolves fans. Are you ready for the explosion of Timberwolves basketball? I'm your host, Paladino Joey, or Joey Awajan. Timberwolves Explosion is available on thesportstuff.com and on iTunes. I thank each and every one of you always for downloading and listening to this show. It's great to finally be back. I was away for a while due to the lawn cleanups and such. Just had to kind of put first things first, I suppose, with with all of that. So only had so much time to record. Could only hopefully sneak out Purple Mafia on Sundays <laughs> or during the week and I, I do apologize for the delay. Uh, a couple of updates. Well, really, at least one major one. Timberwolves Explosion is finally, and I mean finally, on Stitcher. It's about bleeping time, isn't it? Yeah, a, a couple of years back, they made things kind of difficult to get on there. And I don't know why. I don't know what the deal was at the time. But now, I guess uh, guess we're all ready to rock and roll. So, <laughs> all of my shows are now on there, and I'll announce it on those as well. Showtime and T-Wolves is even on there, which is extremely exciting. It hasn't been confirmed by email, but when I looked it up on Stitcher, it's already on there. So it's on. So it'll be great to get Showtime and T-Wolves uh, rocking and rolling again. The last episode for that show did extremely well, actually. Uh, much better than I thought. It just took a while, probably because people were checking it out and hearing what we had to say about the the, um, the upcoming draft at the time. That's how long it's been since that show was was recorded. So... Basically, this show gonna kind of try to catch up without going heavy into detail in the past games. Overall, it's plain as day right now to me that the Timberwolves definitely have their go-to guy, though, and that guy is Andrew Wiggins, without a doubt. That's kind of the theme of this show in a lot of ways today. Is that yeah, Andrew Wiggins is the the go-to guy for the Timberwolves now, without a doubt on the offense, and you could kind of see it developing during the course of last season, but it really. It wasn't like a full-blown, full-on, like, he's the go-to guy. Where right now, you could really legitimately say that. Because when you look at his his uh, game log ever since that Chicago game, it's been unbelievable. Absolutely unbelievable. That's where we left off with Saturday, November the 7th. The Wolves went into Chicago and won 102-93. And then I figured, okay, <laughs> great, we won in Chicago, which is nice. I thought the Wolves would beat Portland, but instead we beat Chicago, which that's that's fantastic. Um but we never win in Atlanta ever, and we almost never we almost never beat them even here. But sometimes we beat them here, but basically never in Atlanta. And it turned out we hadn't beaten them since 1992. And then Andrew Wiggins goes in there and just tears up the place. It was absolutely unbelievable. Minnesota winning 117 to 107. It was a major statement game for the Wolves at the time, which had us extremely, extremely excited. There's just no doubt about it. I remember how happy I was that the Wolves were above 500 at the time. Not sure, you know. Part of me almost thinks I already reviewed this game, and I don't. I don't know why I'm thinking that. Um, I don't think I did, though. No, I think we last left off on November sixth. That's a yeah, November sixth. That's quite a while ago, and I'm pretty sure. Yeah, Andrew Wiggins with 33 points in that game. He was downright fantastic throughout the way. Just led the just led the Wolves in every category, and even Carl Anthony Towns another double double, 17, 12, three blocks. Just a great game for the Wolves. Uh, they led by like a trillion points at the time, though. 
And then they gave up a pretty big lead and ended up finishing it off with Wiggins making some free throws and kind of, you know, getting getting to the 33-point mark. That was really exciting. And then you just knew there was going to be a letdown the next day when the Timberwolves hosted the, the Charlotte Hornets coming in. And they lose 104-95 in a pretty effortless game. The Wolves were pretty tired at the time. And if I remember correctly, yes, Ricky Rubio was out. And that was extremely frustrating. Uh, Zach Levine filled in really nicely, a 20-point effort, but he had eight turnovers to go along with his eight assists. Anthony Towns was fantastic. Wiggins also missed the game as well with a minor injury. That was uh, that was extremely frustrating. Like, yeah, I couldn't, yeah, I mean, it was just, it was a depressing game considering what a step forward the Wolves had taken <laughs> for that to happen. And then Golden State came to town couple of days later, November the 12th, Thursday, November the 12th. As expected, the Warriors scored 170,000 points. They went 129 to 116. Not quite 170,000, but then Steph Curry was the usual, just chucking the rock up, and they went in. 46 points for him. Uh, Wiggins had returned. Yep, it was Andrew Wiggins' bobble night, bobble head night. That was nice. Wound up with 19 points, a very quiet 19 points. And Carl Anthony Towns with another double-double in that one, 17 and 10. Nice little effort from Towns, and, and the Wolves in general, it was more of a balanced effort, because Wiggins didn't shoot well, still not really feeling good, the Wolves then go into uh, Indiana, back to back, I never figured the Wolves would beat them, and they don't, in a 107-103 to loss, the Wolves made a valiant comeback after getting scorched most of the way, the Wolves won the fourth quarter 30-17, to I mean, I remember that wonderful, wonderful comeback by the Wolves, Zach Levine was just, was on fire that night, and Wiggins was really good as well, the Wolves' backcourt combined for 52 points, 26 points apiece, Wiggins and Levine and that one. That was really, really cool indeed. Towns, uh, a relatively quiet 12 and 9 in that one, but it was such a nice comeback, but the Wolves just could not finish the job, and there was a stupid turnover late in the game. Uh, Andre Miller was bringing the ball up the court. Uh, uh, he was trying to pass the ball to Levine. It was picked off, and then the Heat, or the Heat, <laughs> the Pacers wound up coming back and winning that one. And then the stinker of all, the following Sunday, November the 15th, the Wolves host Memphis, and no offense to Vince, uh, to Vince Germano, pardon me, no offense to Hank McCoy, as the, uh, the uh, Memphis Grizzlies are his club. I didn't think the Wolves were going to lose this game. It was a home game, and I thought the Wolves would recover after that uh, losing to the Pacers and getting scorched by the, the, the Golden State Warriors, but it just wasn't meant to be. The Wolves end up losing 114-106 to in a game that just had a lot of us irritated. Yeah, Zach Levine was scorching the net again, which is great. Three of seven from three-point range. He, he he might be our, you know, he he just might be the Timberwolves version of um, Clay Thompson at some point in time. Now go ahead and laugh at me all you want, but that might be who he's going to become later on. And but when you look at his figures, he he started in the game, only played seventeen and a half minutes, and wound up with twenty-five points. So really nice game for him. Now it says the Wolves are trying to kind of catch up and get back, get things rolling in that fourth quarter and such. Levine was really, really on fire in that one, but unfortunately it wasn't enough. Wiggins only attempted 14 shots in the game, made eight. And then this is the take that a lot of people have been talking about in town, that he's too one-dimensional, only one rebound, one assist, one steal, one block. But well, I, I, at least he covered all the grounds, including getting blocked. <laughs> Towns, it's just the same thing every night at this point, about 14 and 9 in this one. You get 13 and 9, 14 and 9. Sometimes he'd get a block, sometimes he wouldn't. Gorgie Zhang, relatively uh, invisible to this point, but he, he definitely picks it up as we get further and further along over the course of time here. 
A nice, impressive victory for the Wolves against the Miami Heat November the 17th. 103-91 in that one. In Miami. And I remember the Wolves did go to Miami last year and won the game, which was extremely surprising, even though the Heat came here and and beat us. Every now and then, the Wolves just, they play super good in Miami. And this was one of those nights, and Wiggins was back at it again. 24-point effort. One of his stinkers when it comes to shooting, though, but his free throws kind of took charge. That's obviously what, what Andrew Wiggins does. He gets to the line. He attacks the basket, gets to the line. You know, And Ricky Rubio also returned to the lineup, which was helpful. Had a lot of us scared, like, is this guy ever going to play again? You know, we're, all, we're always worried about Ricky Rubio. There's definitely a... <laughs> there, we have a psychology complex right now with Ricky Rubio. Like, when he's out, is like, is he ever coming back? And, and is our, and are we going to wind up winning like 17 games all season again? Because it keeps happening again and again and again. Shabazz Muhammad, extremely tough down the stretch, and I just knew Shabazz Muhammad was going to be valuable against the um, the uh, Miami Heat. He was valuable against the Warriors as well. But again, I'm trying to catch up. I didn't want to go heavy into detail. This was a really fun game for the Wolves, though. Uh, Towns and Wiggins all played well. Shabazz Muhammad getting physical and doing those little, um, what, what do we even call them? They're kind of like baby hooks, I guess. Basically, he was doing one after another of those, kind of from the baseline. He's bodying into people and coming up from, I guess you could call it, yeah, it's, it's a baseline, but a little bit closer. Really like Shabazz Muhammad's physical ability to post up. Really gets got the job done against the Miami Heat over the course of this one. Towns was, uh, well, another double-double effort, played better, really held his own against uh, Hassan Whiteside, who not that long ago was like a kind of guy who was like the fifth center on your team, if you know what I mean. <laughs> he wound up with 10 blocks in the game. It was just unbelievable. Everything going up was getting swatted away. Justice Winslow looks like a pretty nice rookie. He was able to get 11 rebounds down the stretch. Whiteside with 14, but Towns helped make up for it. 14 on his side, his side, but Miami certainly had the ball more than the Timberwolves most of this game. And uh, But unfortunately for Miami, the Wolves were just more clutch down the stretch. They were able to get the job done. We actually attempted way more shots, so what am I talking about, despite the fact Miami had a ton of rebounds? It's only because we shot poorly. <laughs> oh, man. Gorgie Zhang got swatted around by Whiteside in this one. I remember that very well. And you just <laughs> It was a frustrating effort for him. A lot of people just kind of wondering, boy, is this guy going to, is it is is this all we're going to get for Gorgie now? Because like two years ago, he looked like he was a future starting center in this league. And even last year, a lot of the time you could feel that. But again, he'll he'll pick it up here in a little bit. The Wolves then head to Orlando. And it's like, it, it, always, it always turns out this way. Always. We never win in Orlando. Like, they're kind of like the Atlanta Hawks a little bit in that sense. Despite the fact they haven't been really good for quite a while. The Wolves put in a nice effort in this one, forcing overtime, but still didn't get the job done. And, and it's always a back-to-back situation in Florida with Miami and then Orlando. It's the same thing every year. It's usually pretty early in the season, which again, this was Wednesday, November the 18th. Orlando winning this one, 101 to, uh, excuse me, 104 to 101. Carl Anthony Towns with a very strong showing, but a couple of calls going the, the Magic's way, and they took advantage of it. Ricky Rubio, he should have had a triple-double in this one. Because he had 12 assists, 12 rebounds, but he couldn't even manage to get 10 points. He wound up with 8. Can you believe that? Wiggins and Towns, absolutely awesome in this game. Wiggins, again, attacking the basket like he always does. And when you look at the statistic of 12 for 14 free throw attempts, the good news is he's been making his free throws for the most part. 
Sometimes he'll drive you crazy with a miss here and there, particularly <laughs> important moments. But other times he'll get fouled late in the game and he'll make him, or he'll make them. It's usually in the middle of the game. He'll start clanging them, and it's a situation where it's like it's usually when he's in an and one, he'll clang the free throw. It's like, come on, man! <laughs> so he never seems to wind up with that three point play because of that. But um, a, a, a game where I mean, Towns was absolutely awesome. He probably had a lot of the Orlando Magic fans thinking of Dwight Howard when you when the, the way he was playing in the game because he had six blocks. And we're talking again about the Orlando Magic's Dwight Howard, not the the useless like half awake SLB he's been ever since he left the Magic, or really his last two years there as well. Um, it was a fun game for the Wolves late, but unfortunately the Wolves just did, they just did not get the job done, and they continued to play. At an effort that had a lot of people in this town thinking, ah, oh, here we go again. We're back to being that mediocre team that we were before. And, <laughs> and that was a huge frustration for all of us. Uh, it was, yeah, foreign, yeah, foreigner. Fournier. I, I kept calling him foreigner. I don't know why, but it's Fournier. It looks like it says foreigner, you know, like a, but it's, either way, it's a French accent. And that son of a biscuit, <laughs> that's the main reason we lost the game. And I remember those threes. It's just, I, I, I couldn't believe it. The one that he made, though, that ended up being the game winner to make it 104, 102, or 101, pardon me, the, it was a tie game. He was basically leaning forward, almost falling down, and he makes the shot. And it was way behind the three-point line. Uh, he wasn't the top of the key. It was kind of mm, not quite corner either. He was almost corner, but not quite closer to the top of the key, we'll say. You, you get the idea. Just falling forward, and he makes the damn thing, and the Wolves end up losing the game, and it was disgusting and frustrating. So it was more of like, uh, you could say, okay, you could call it a great shot. I kind of call it lucky a little bit. Sorry if that sounds a little bit homerish or a little bit whiny, but <laughs> yeah. So the people out there that were thinking the Wolves suck because we lost to Orlando, well, they are playing better, and yeah, they got kind of a lucky shot. One of the real true stinkers, though, as we're getting way more caught up now, Detroit Pistons come to Minnesota two days later after that disgusting two shots by uh, Fournier in Orlando. We host the Detroit Pistons, who, yes, are improving in a big way. And that Drummond is a rebounding SOB, isn't he? Mm-mm-mm. Oh, Andre Drummond is a rebounding SOB. And you figure, well, he, he's averaging about 19 rebounds a game at this point. And when you keep him down to only 11, you think, okay, maybe we can win this game. But ultimately, the Wolves could not get the job done against Reggie Jackson down the stretch. Just driving to the basket in that fourth quarter. He scored most of his 18 points in the fourth quarter, driving past Ricky Rubio and, and such, and Zach Levine. It was so frustrating. He thought the Wolves were going to get somewhere with this one, but they didn't. It was just disgusting. Really, really pissed a lot of us off. This was a game where a lot of us started to really, truly believe that this team is not improving very quickly. Yeah, you got these young stars, but it's got, I guess it's going to be another sucky season. We're going to get a super high draft pick, I guess. <laughs> Had a lot of us thinking that. But when you do consider the big picture, the Wolves did keep Detroit under 100, so that's good. And Detroit was 7-5 and five at the time. So, yeah, again, a much improving team. And Andre Drummond free to reign out there rather than being held back by... Uh, what was his name? Doggone it. I'm always... Uh, Monroe out there. So... Greg Monroe. It's just one of those things, ultimately, where sometimes when someone leaves, it's addition by subtraction, despite the fact there's nothing really wrong with Greg Monroe. It's just the fact that Andre Drummond's value goes way up when he has more freedom to do his thing out there. And 
he's definitely a force in this league at this point in time, particularly in the rebounds. Carl Anthony Towns was very good in the game overall, but limited playing time because of foul trouble. He just he couldn't he couldn't handle Drummond down low very much, and it came back to bite him. Ultimately, the player of this game was Reggie Jackson, without a doubt. Reggie Jackson, as as uh, Hank McCoy says, Hank McCoy and Vince Germano of the Courtside Podcast. <laughs> oh man. And they, uh, yeah, by the way, I should mention, um, I, I've told them a couple of times lately, too, They uh, uh, that I wanted to say thank you very much because, well, when you look on the courtside page, they have uh, Timberwolves Explosions logo with a nice, beautiful red ribbon on it saying courtside approved. Or, or is it orange? It's real bright. It's like a golden orange color. Courtside approved. Now, that that's just awesome, and I thank you very much. And, um I, I'd like to say courtside is Timberwolves Explosion approved as well, even though maybe I don't have a right to say that, but eh, I suppose I do. Shoot, this is the 158th episode of the show, so I guess I do. I mean, I have a lot of experience, and I did clear the 500 episode mark not that long ago, so <laughs> that was, it's pretty crazy that I've gotten done over 500 uh, podcasts. You think maybe maybe these shows deserve to be on Stitcher? Hmm. Yeah, just like all those weed uh, other Timberwolves shows that keep popping up one after another, like a bunch of weeds. Oh, it makes me so mad. Ugh. Eh, competition is a sin, isn't it? <laughs> no, not really. I don't mean to be like that. It's just, it's frustrating. But, again, it's how it goes. I guess podcasts are like Pong now, where the market's so saturated. There's a billion Pong machines, like way back in the day, for the super old school gamers, actually even before my time, when there were so many Pong machines out there, there was just, there's nothing you could do. I mean, how do you how do you make a profit when there's like, 750 Pong machines out there. Like, good luck, Atari. See, I'm I'm Atari, and all these other doggone companies are bringing out their Pong machines, and they're saturating the market. So I, I guess I got to come out with a 2600, don't I? Hmm. Well, I thought the I thought this show was at least 2600 material, isn't it? Hmm. Okay, you get the idea. Super frustrating game. Looked like the Wolves were older than a 2600 out there. The way they played in this game, it sucked. And I'm gonna move on. To some more entertaining basketball, I suppose. Monday the 23rd of November. We're getting much more recent now. A couple wins for the Wolves at home. The Wolves have been winless at home all season. All flipping season. That Detroit game was a huge example of how frustrating it could be. You lose to an 0-15, well 0-14 at the time club in the Philadelphia 76ers at home. What the Sam Hill are you doing out there? You lose to that team and it looked like the Wolves were going to lose to that team the way the game started. Philadelphia just kept having their way, and yeah, Okafor, uh, he won the first, he won the battle, he won the first battle, but he, he ain't going to win the war, oh no, he's not going to win the war, <laughs> uh-uh. and it's kind of funny that Kevin Garnett statistically outplayed Carl Anthony Towns, and you know what, he did outplay Carl Anthony Towns in this game, it was, uh, but I'm getting ahead of myself, Carl, Cat, whatever you want to call him, started out the game in foul trouble. And he, he had three fouls in the first half, so he pretty much got sat down right away. He unfortunately wound up playing only 19 minutes with six points, two rebounds. He did manage to get two blocks, uh, but doggone it. It just wasn't his night at all. And some people out there are like, okay, I, I guess Okafor is the guy and the Wolves made the wrong pick after all. No, and, and, and I'm certainly not one of them. It was a disappointing effort. It was disappointing that he was in foul trouble early, a little bit snake bit by the referees, and Jalil Okafor got the best of him. But you also have to remember, on a team like the Sixers right now, despite the fact there is talent on that roster, that uh, 
he is by far, and I mean by far, the number one scoring option on that team. Um, and he's also playing desperate, trying to get a freaking win. And plus, he's pissed off playing against the guy that went ahead of him in the draft when he was supposed to go number one for like two years ahead of the draft. Uh, pretty much when he was in high school, he's supposed to go number one when he was going to be available. So, of course, there's a little bit going on there. Don't be surprised if Carl Anthony Towns ultimately wins the war, which means which means the career battle, particular head-to-head, but also just in general, his career is going to be better than Okafor. I'm not convinced it's going to be, necessarily, not because of this game, but I'm just saying, I'm not 100% convinced, because you don't know, it's too early, but at the same time, I'm encouraged that he will be, yes. I, I do believe he'll have a better career than Jalil Okafor. My, my point is, I shouldn't say I'm, con- I'm not convinced, but I'm just saying I'm not, <laughs> I'm not guaranteeing it, because you don't know. You really don't know. You had Ray Allen and Stefan Marbury, who had the better rookie year? Marbury, who had the better career? Ray Allen, you know, and it just goes on and on and on. There's a million examples. Who looked better in his rookie year between um, uh, 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 Tyreek Evans and James Harden? Not even close, right? Tyreek Evans dominated as a rookie. He was rookie of the year with a bullet. James Harden, Tyreek Evans, Tyreek Evans, James Harden. (laughs) Yeah, I I don't know, man. I, I really don't know. (laughs) <laughs> oh man, and and Tyreek Evans is a valuable player. He just, but he's also extremely immature. He, you know, he reminds me of J.R. Ryder without the coke can. To be quite honest, he's almost the same. He even looks like him, like his facial, his, like his facial, uh, whatever it is, facial profile, whatever. He looks very similar to Isaiah Junior. J.R. Ryder, but hopefully he stayed away from that coke can and all that good stuff. Um, Andrew Wiggins was downright bleeping awesome in this game, but the guy who set the tone early in the fourth quarter was a guy who was usually good in the early part of the fourth quarter, never good in the late, and now at his age, at 39 years old, the fifth pick overall by the Timberwolves, not the Celtics, in the the 1995 draft, Kevin Garnett was freaking awesome at the beginning of that fourth quarter. Talk about setting the tone, scoring eight points, one after another, and he wound up with ten rebounds in the game, even two steals, defensive effort, in a 17 and a half minute performance. Really set the tone nicely. And then Captain Clutch, or whatever you want to call him, Andrew Wiggins, doing his thing. I mean, this guy is a clutch son of a bitch. He really is. And I I absolutely love him. (laughs) I love Andrew Wiggins, man. (laughs) And he wound up with six rebounds, three assists, two blocks, and a steal to go along with that. So the whole one-dimensional thing, out the window at least at this point. But there's another reason for this. There's another reason for this very important. That's very important here. Who's noticeably missing with an F in front of his name, and who noticeably has an F in front of his name? Andrew Wiggins has the F in front of his name. Tayshawn Prince doesn't, because Tayshawn Prince plays 20 minutes and had about like one point and a or two points and a rebound or something, or zero points and one rebound most nights. Yes, he plays defense, but you got to have a little bit more th- than that in a 20-point stretch. I'm sorry, have him come off the bench. Put Andrew Wiggins back in his rightful position of small forward. You you want him to be less one di- <clears throat> pardon me, less one dimensional, put him back at small forward because small forward is absolutely the least one dimensional position in the NBA, in basketball, in general. And despite the fact he hasn't been playing that well, but Kevin Martin is has the G back in front of his name as the starting shooting guard. So that, that's a good decision. Um ultimately Zach Levine should be the starting shooting guard for this team. Long term. But short term, Kevin Martin should be the starting shooting guard for this team. He's the veteran. 
He's he's a he's a pace setter, and when when he does get hot, it's nice. Unfortunately, it looks like his role is not quite the same. Unfortunately for him, anyway. But the rightful guy is taking the the most field goal attempts at this point in time because he's ten times more clutch than Kevin Martin will ever be. And Kevin Martin hit a clutch three pointer in this game, despite all the the unfriendly things I just said about him. <laughs> he hit a clutch three pointer down the stretch that helped the Wolves finish these guys off. So thank you very much, Kevin Martin, for that. Uh, Andrew Wiggins absolutely clutched though down the stretch. Eleven of twelve from the free throw line and ones attacking the basket, dunking on people, hitting clutch shots. I mean, some of the dunks this young man is able to accomplish are just freaking awesome. And as he bulks up some more, you're, you're going to see some LeBron James out of Andrew Wiggins in the in the not too distant future because he's going to continue to bulk up. He's noticeably more muscular than he used to be, but. Man, he's 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 going to get a lot bigger yet. You can tell that it's coming. He's he's only twenty years old, so just imagine Andrew Wiggins at twenty three. What he's going to be, PJ Carlissimo, you were so dead on, and I knew you were going to be too. You just you just knew it. Uh, Gorgie Zhang blocking a couple shots, twelve points, nice effort for him. Five rebounds in about thirty minutes. Carl Anthony Towns again had to be replaced by uh, Gorgie Zhang in this one for the most part because of the foul trouble. And Mr. Uh, Mr. Mr. Okafor got in his head a little bit early on. Probably got he got frustrated with some of those snake bite uh, foul calls, and it certainly didn't help Carl Anthony Towns' day. It's just how it goes. We're gonna have to move to the Atlanta game. Wolves host the Atlanta Hawks November the twenty fifth. So yes, this first segment is gonna be slightly longer than normal just to get things caught up. And the Minnesota Timberwolves defeat the Atlanta Hawks and sweep the season series with the Hawks ninety nine to ninety five. The Wolves move to 7-8, and eight, the Hawks down to 10-7. and seven. And I'm going to say this right now, because I didn't say it on the last show. Congratulations, Atlanta, with the jerseys. You've done it. By Jove, you've finally done it. They're not the classic ultimate jerseys, my all-time favorite jerseys, other than the old Seattle Supersonics jerseys in the, in the 80s and early 90s. The early, you know, when they were green with that, oh man, I just love that, with that white uh, banner that said Sonics. Oh. God, I love those jerseys. Or white with the green banner that's in Sonic. Those jerseys are the best. Those jerseys, along with those Hawks jerseys in the Dominique era, also 80s and very early 90s, with the uh, circular Atlanta Hawks logo. Pretty much the entire Dominique Wilkins run there. Most of it, anyway. Mm. But these modern ones, they, they did a great job. You know, I give them credit. They, one really important detail they finally brought back to those jerseys was the was the yellow. They finally brought that bright yellow back to the Atlanta Hawks uh, jerseys, and now they have the old logo back. Atlanta, you've done it. Congratulations. Now you don't have to change the jerseys anymore. Just keep these for the next 20 years or more. I mean, they're freaking awesome. They, they even look three-dimensional. And you know how I love retro everything? I'm, I'm staring at an Atari 2600 at the, on the floor right now. And an Intellivision, a ColecoVision. We're talking 30-plus-year-old game systems. Yeah. <laughs> and I love retro Hawks jerseys, retro Sonics, retro Timberwolves jerseys. And we're talking the first ones, not anything after that necessarily as much. Um, Atlanta, you've, you've done it. And way to make a modern jersey look freaking awesome. Congratulations. That is beautiful. Great job. Absolutely great freaking job. Uh, so getting back to the game. Nobody particularly stood out other than Zach Levine hitting some nice shots and, and Gorgi Zhang. It was pretty much Zach Levine, Gorgi Zhang, and <sighs> I, I keep forgetting how to say his name, but yeah, Rudez. I keep forgetting how to say his first name. Um, Wiggins struggled shooting in the game. Garnett was kind of back to his old uh, 
<laughs> but he is kind of quieter out there, not as dominant as he was in that uh, uh, Sixers game. But Zach Levine hitting a couple of clutch shots down the stretch. Kevin Martin with a poor shooting night, only 3 at 12. Zach Levine was struggling for a while. Um, there was a time that both Wiggins and Martin had 3 of 12, 3, point, uh, three of 12 at, at the point, but Wiggins was clutch down the stretch at least. He wound up with 15 rather than 9 or so because he was driving to the basket and getting the job done late in the game. Wiggins was clutch late in the game, but Rudez hit three three-pointers that were extremely important when the Wolves were blowing a nice lead early, and it looked like the Hawks were going to win this one, leading by 10 points. But guys like Gorgie Zhang, Zach Levine, and, and Rudez, of all people, coming up and coming up big down the stretch. Uh, I remember Rudez was given the player of the game from uh, the announcers there. <laughs> uh, because uh, Belitza was not available, so Rudez took over that role for the game, and he was just fantastic. So way to show up out of nowhere like that, coming up, coming up, to play and way to be prepared, Rudez. Good job, very professional performance by him. And the Wolves were able to win this one. Uh, Wiggins again being clutched down the stretch. Ultimately, uh, Teague is a fantastic player, and so is Millsap. Paul Millsap and Teague almost had the Hawks win in this one. Horford was good, but nothing special. Um, Millsap's physicality was more of a factor than his well his field goal percentage was terrible. Teague though was kind of reminding us of Reggie Jackson hitting doing one clutch play after another, hitting clutch shots and driving to the basket. Um ultimately the Wolves were able to survive this. Wiggins clutch down the stretch again, like I keep repeating myself and I apologize. Not sure what Tim Hardaway's role on that team is. Tim Hardaway Jr. I think he'd be a little more of a factor, but I suppose they are pretty pretty uh pretty deep there in Atlanta. Again, wonderful, wonderful jerseys. I just had to mention that. <laughs> so let's wrap up the segment with the awards. So uh, for me, it's plain as day he was going to get the lone wolf since the last episode. Usually I like to keep this weekly so it's more sharp and more organized. So I apologize if it seemed kind of like a mess and maybe too quick through some of the games ultimately. Um, but Andrew Wiggins is the lone wolf award winner without a doubt. Without a doubt, it's Andrew Wiggins being extremely clutch and just one great game after another. This is his first game under 20 points in a while here with only 15. Um, damn it. <laughs> Actually, the yeah, it, it, that was frustrating. and It's too bad to see that happen, but he's, he's entitled to have a quiet game, I suppose. Still wound up with 15 at least. So ultimately with Wiggins averaging about 22 points a game despite a really poor start to the season. 22 points a game. Very encouraging. I'm going to see him probably averaging 23 to 24 a game by the end of this year. And by uh, next year and beyond, maybe 25, 26. My goodness. He's, he's going to be a wonderful player. Maybe even 28 a game when he's in his prime later on. It's going to be really freaking awesome. So, Lone Wolf Award, Andrew Wiggins. Johnny Flynn Memorial. Mm, uh, I'm going to give it to... It's like there's all kinds of possibilities. Yeah, even uh, Adrian Payne was was pretty valuable in the game, by the way, hitting a couple threes. Really got in foul trouble, but Payne's value has been coming up the past couple games. He even did well against the Sixers. Been happy with Payne kind of coming up. His, his role's been growing a little bit as well with Belitza being out and such. Um, for me, I'm going to have to give the uh, Lone Wolf Award, or excuse me, the, the Johnny Flynn Memorial, to Tayshaun Prince. He's just not really visible out there. Now, his defense is okay, but ultimately, he's not really a factor. I, I don't think he's worthy of the 20 minutes he plays, to be quite honest. Um, you could also give it to Kevin Martin with poor shooting, but the, his clutch shot kind of saved him from that, so ultimately it's going to be a de facto 
to Tayshawn Prince. Just a non-factor out there. And I don't think he's really going to be much of a factor anyway. He's more of a de facto guy at this point in time. And um, just overall some bad luck down the stretch for uh, in some of the games. So I can't really necessarily uh, have a definitive Johnny Flynn memorial other than Tayshawn Prince at this point in time. So that'll be that'll wrap up the review segment. Let's preview a couple games and then hear from you out there. shop on Amazon? Did you know that you can support this podcast just by doing your normal shopping on Amazon? It's really easy to do. Just go to thesportstuff.com and click on one of the many Amazon pictures. Do your normal shopping and Amazon sees that we referred you and they give us a percentage. We'd like to thank you in advance for supporting thesportstuff.com and please use our Amazon link. Now enjoy the rest of the show. So I guess calling Andrew Wiggins the Batman and not the Robin for this team somehow means I'm criticizing Carl Anthony Towns and saying he's not franchise player material. Hmm, gee, I guess I didn't know that. And we are back here on Timberwolves Explosion, segment number two. That's the preview segment. We got a few games to preview, including tonight's game. I'm recording in the afternoon, so I apologize. Happy Black Friday. Happy Thanksgiving. Hope you all had a happy Thanksgiving here in the Twin Cities. I probably should have said that in the first uh, the first segment. The Twin Cities and in North America, we'll say, or United States of America. <laughs> I up in, uh, Vince Germano and I had a conversation just last night. He would like to come to... He, he would like to come to the U.S. and celebrate Thanksgiving with me someday, and I, I think that would be freaking awesome. It really would. Vince Germano, Vinrock, the people's champ of the Courtside Podcast, and, of course, a close friend of mine. Yes, sir. Well, Minnesota is heading to Sacramento, California, the capital of California. The Kings are still in Sacramento. They're not Seattle, and, of course, that's old news. Sacramento, I called them the up-and-coming team in the Western Conference. They're only 6-10. and 10. The Wolves have a better record, so maybe we're the up-and-coming team. Shoot, I mean, if we get the... If, if we went up with the 8th seed, we're definitely the surprise. But it's a little early for that, even though we are the 8th seed if the season ended today. Oh, my goodness. Hard to believe, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, well, we, we can always dream, right? We can always dream. It's interesting how things are setting up right now in both conferences, where the East is pretty deep. It's uh, both both conferences are top heavy, but more deep than they are like elite. Like it's not like fifty wins will make the playoffs this year. I think it'll be a little lower this time, which is kind of exciting. Uh, Sacramento right now, well, again they're struggling. Things not going quite the way that they would like. Uh, they have still have they have Collie Stein as the center there. Demarcus Cousins is playing power forward. Rudy Gay, not really sure what to say about him. McLemore has been disappointing. Rajon Rondo, who, those of you out there, see now, this is a, okay, and I better give them a shout out right now before I lose track here. Wolves Nation slash NBA Talk is a wonderful Facebook page out there. About 2,000 plus uh, followers. And Ryan Newman is a wonderful guy out there. He's allowed me to post this show on the page. 
<clears throat> not sure if too many of the people care about this show on there. I don't know why. Ryan's, Ryan I, doesn't seem to be against it. I don't get a whole lot of reaction from people on there from that. I, hopefully that changes, but hey, I mean, it's nothing against anybody. Just saying. Some people, they just maybe they just don't want to listen to podcasts, but I'll keep posting on there as long as Ryan's uh, okay with it, and I'll keep giving him a shout-out because it is a great page. And underneath some of the Kool-Aid drinking youngsters out there, there are some very intelligent fans on that page. And I've met a decent number of them on there. And a couple of them joined the Face of Case for Timberwolves Explosion. Hopefully they've listened to the show. That would be fantastic, um, those of you out there. There are some pretty nice people along. I mean, I, I, underneath some of the some of the types that they don't really like to have a conversation. They just think they're right. <laughs> and that's going to happen everywhere. You know, that's going to happen everywhere. Okay, point to, to get to the point before hell freezes over, a lot of the, the young Kool-Aid drinking ones, when the question was raised, who would you rather have, Rondo or Rubio? I got real quiet because you know what I saw in there? Like, I, I think I saw like about a maybe one out of five ratio. Uh, only one out of five were saying Rondo and the other four were like, Rubio, absolutely, without a doubt. Are you nuts? But Rajon Rondo's getting a triple-double like every single night, man. Rajon Rondo has a ring. Rajon Rondo went to the NBA Finals uh, uh, two years after that and was one of the best players on that team. Rajon Rondo has been a starting point guard in the Eastern Conference All-Star Game, not because he's just voted in because he's Mr. Popular, but because he was the best point guard in the Eastern Conference. Rajon Rondo has had a hell of a career. He also had an ACL injury, just like Ricky Rubio. Mm -hmm. So we're putting all this together, and right now he's averaging about 11 assists, almost 8 rebounds, 13 points a game. Come on. Rajon Rondo is the best point guard between Rubio and, and Rondo at this stage. If Rubio can continue to develop into what Rondo has become over a year, over the course of time, I'd be very happy. And I think it's possible. Sure it is. Um, Rubio is multifaceted like Rajon Rondo. He can rebound. He can get some steals. He can get a ton of assists. In fact, in a lot of ways, he's a Spanish Rajon Rondo. In a lot of ways, he is. And those out there that might be listening, that are rolling your eyes, thinking. This guy's stupid. What's wrong with him? Actually, no, you're stupid. <laughs> Rondo has rings, man, or a ring. He has a ring. He probably should have had a second one. But, you know, if not for, like, last-second injuries to Kendrick Perkins and such to that Celtics team and a couple of lucky bounces along the way for the Lakers. I mean, Rondo was incredibly clutch in that game. He kept the Celtics in it in that seventh game. And, again, you could argue he was the best player on that team, you know, a couple of years later, particularly the 2012 team that went to the Easter Conference Finals. And made a hell of a battle with the Miami Heat until LeBron finally said nope in that in that game six, that famous game six effort in Boston, uh, Massachusetts. Uh, that was something else. Rajon Rondo is a very very damn good basketball player, and well, he's the he's definitely the best player on the Sacramento Kings team. And oh oh, I can hear Vince getting mad now. Don't don't get mad over there. I can hear you. He likes Demarcus Cousins an awful lot. Demarcus Cousins is also a really damn good player. In fact, he's having one bleep of a season as well. Uh, maybe I shouldn't even say Rondo's the best player because Cousins is averaging about 28 points a game. Yeah, I mean, I might want to bring that back to the uh, the, the field here. But, <laughs> but Rondo is the leader of that team, and he's doing a hell of a job. I don't understand when you have guys of that talent level why Sacramento's 6-10, and 10, other than their depth is pretty bad. And some of the other guys are just too young or just not that good. That's the other deal with the Sacramento Kings at this point in time. In Sacramento, the Wolves have had some funny success in Sacramento, and then they tend to lose here. So 
I guess I'm going to pick the Wolves to win tonight. Uh, some of you will hear this show before the game on Black Friday. Hope you're safe out there. Um, Purple Mafia's numbers were down a bit this week, like usual, because it, holiday weeks always hurt shows. They hurt podcasts. Heck, I've recorded Brave the Wild like almost every year on Thanksgiving Day, and I get like six listeners. <laughs> And then it eventually picks up. But for like a day or two, it's like 7, 8, 9, oh, 12, yeah! There we go. It's, yeah, I'm dead serious. And then it picks up and gets back into more triple plus range, which is good news. So, which is where it should be well over. It should be four, damn it. But, hmm. Timberwolves Explosion does a good job of that um, more often than, probably than Brave the Wild. But enough of that. Sorry. Um, I think the Wolves should win this game. Rudy Gay to me, I, I don't know. I, I've never been a fan of his. He just doesn't do it for me. His numbers are nice. Um, oh boy, and I got sick when some people tried to compare Andrew Wiggins to Rudy Gay. Please don't do that. I think Wiggins is going to be better than Rudy Gay. I, I really do. R- Rudy's a little bit larger guy right now at this stage of his of his career, but ah, you know, I, I've never been a fan of his. It seemed like every time Memphis would be doing like they'd be having a mediocre season, right? Rudy Gay got injured. Bam, Memphis is like one of the best teams in the Western Conference now. Hmm, Chris Webber syndrome maybe? Yep, I think so. <laughs> Chris Webber syndrome, remember when he got hurt and Sacramento was awesome? Remember that? And then he came back and it's like, okay, now he's the focal point of the offense and he's just not getting it done. Oh, Sacramento lost in the playoffs. Damn, you know, stuff like that. So, yep, this is the uh, this is the season debut between these two teams. They have not played each other yet. For some reason, I thought they had, but Minnesota, it feels like Minnesota and Sacramento play each other like 17 times a year. In fact, they're almost always in the season opener. But I think the Wolves will win this one. Um, I'm going to go with the final score, 105 to 100. It'll be a nice game. Wiggins is going to get close to 30, if not over, in this one. I think he's going to have a huge game against Rudy Gay. It's going to be an absolute joy to watch. He's the huge key in this one. Towns versus... Cousins or Cully Stein will be very interesting. Cully Stein and, and Towns, there you go. This is a night for Towns to hopefully shine against a fellow rookie because he's struggled the past couple nights. Maybe he comes out with a bang tonight, but I do think Wiggins will be the focal point in this one. In fact, he, he's always going to be, but you get the idea. I can see Wiggins doing really well against Rudy Gay. Um, Sunday, 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 November the 29th, Minnesota to Los Angeles Clipperland, which is another team that's imploding along, like, along with the Houston Rockets. I, I won that bet, I guess, so far because Kevin McHale was fired by the Houston Rockets. I see, I didn't even bring that up. There's just so much catching up to do. So sorry if this show gets to maybe an hour and 15 instead of an hour. Um, Clippers and Wolves have the same record. And they're both like in the bottom of the Western Conference playoff bracket at this stage. 7-8 and eight for the LA Clippers at this stage. Wow, what a statement game it would be for the Wolves if they won this one. We all know these SOBs, by the way. Chris Paul is Chris Paul. You know, he had a hell of a playoffs last year until they ran into the Rockets for some strange reason. Until the sixth game, that is. They looked really good against the Rockets. Blake Griffin's Blake Griffin. DeAndre Jordan's DeAndre Jordan. He's an annoying SOB. Paul Pierce looks like he's hitting the, the old the old man wall, unfortunately. Not putting up the numbers like he used to. Uh, J.J. Redick is always dangerous. Stevenson's a stupid idiot, even though he's talented. <laughs> Jamal Crawford's clutch, but he's getting up there in years. It's kind of a mess. They're, they're talented players, but they're getting kind of old. Cole Aldrich, you have him backing up DeAndre Jordan. Like, Cole Aldrich? Hmm. Deion, DeAndre Jordan's got a pretty good health record. Keep, keep him... <laughs> they better hope he stays healthy, though. Even though we love Bloomington Jefferson's finest, Cole Aldrich, over here in Minnesota. 
yeah, he's barely NBA worthy, man. I'm sorry, you know, and I, I'm I'm very happy for him that he is in the NBA because he sounds like a great guy. So hang in there and make a good salary there, buddy. <laughs> um, the Wolves almost never win there, though, you know. And I, I would love to believe the Wolves could win, but they like they never beat the Clippers in their house, except when Kevin Love hit his "Come to Me, Children" shot a couple of years back. But that was 2000. What year was that? Like 2010. That's a long time ago. I don't know. Or what year? No, 11, 11, 11. Sorry. Um, I don't. I don't think the Wolves are going to beat the Clippers right now. I'd like to believe it, and if they do, you're going to have to see. I mean, I would love to see. I got to say, I think Jordan's going to frustrate Towns at this stage. It would be really cool to see Towns kick his ass. But that DeAndre Jordan has got so much energy, man. He's such an aggressive player. And Towns seems to like seems like he's not responding well to that yet, but he will. Oh, Towns in the next two years or so, DeAndre Jordan's going to be his bitch. <laughs> Towns is going to kick his ass, but I don't think it's going to happen right now. I think Towns is kind of hitting a minor, minor rookie wall. He's going to come out of it. He's going to break out come late December, early January, just like Wiggins last year. It's going to happen, and when it happens, it's going to be a beautiful thing to watch. Hopefully Towns can pull off a double-double, and if he does, that'll be a huge key for the Wolves to win this one. If Towns does not get a double-double, there's no way in hell they win this game. So I think Towns is a big, big key, and of course Wiggins doing his scoring. I wouldn't be surprised if Wiggins does put up a nice effort, because this is this is Lob City, and I could see Ruby on Wiggins connecting on some beauties in this one. Wiggins may wind up with 25-plus in this, but Towns is the key to the game, ultimately getting that double-double, and holding his own against DeAndre Jordan, who, to me, he's no superstar, but he is a tough X-factor for that Clipper team, without a doubt. And Rubio, again, Chris Paul, it's always a fun matchup, but Chris Paul's who he is. Eventually, Chris Paul's going to start getting old, and he's been injured so many times in his career, but not yet. Um, not sure what's going on with the Clippers other than that, and they're just, they're just not living up to the hype right now. Orlando coming to Minnesota. I got a I got a complex against them and against the, the next opponent, Orlando and Minnesota. As of right now, and now when the time comes, they probably won't have the same record. But Orlando's seven and eight. What the hell's going on here? It seems like there's only a couple of bad teams in the NBA. It's only like the Lakers and the and the um, like I mean you know the Lakers and the and the 76ers right now. I mean the Knicks have a winning record. Orlando's almost five hundred. And but then you have weird teams like Toronto and uh, Washington, in particular, not doing well all of a sudden. Who were doing well before? And Atlanta's record is not as sexy as it was last year. But you got teams like Boston playing well, huh? It's just kind of weird. Orlando's got nice players, like you saw last week, and that son of a gun Fournier. My God, <laughs> put a body on him, please. Victor Oladipo, I gotta think he'll have a better showing than he did last time around. Alfred Payton is extremely valuable, by the way. He's so valuable. And Vuvicic is like a better... He's basically a better, healthier Pekovic. I love Nikola Vuvicic. He's he's the other better Nikola. I love that guy. If we didn't have Carl Anthony Towns, man, I would open the bank for him if, if we could possibly get him. But we won't be thinking about that anytime soon. I think the Wolves win this one. Um, it's a nice home game for the Wolves. Even though they've sucked at home, at least they've won two in a row in Target Center. I like the Wolves' chances against Orlando at this point. I think they rebound, literally, <laughs> figuratively rebound <laughs> over the Orlando Magic versus last time around. I could see Towns again being a big, big key. Towns is going to be the key in this one again. Um, 
double-double type of performance. I think Towns is going to have a couple of good games this week, or I think he's going to have to have a couple of good games this week for the Wolves to be successful. Um, Wiggins will be a factor against the Magic, though, like he was last time around, ultimately. Or at least I'd like to believe he was. (laughs) Um, Wiggins mostly, over the past few games, was a huge factor against the... Yeah, and yes, he was. He had a 28-point game. That's what I thought. But Towns also, 21-12. and Yep. Huge in six blocks. So yes, Towns, ultimately, he's the key. Wiggins is like the blood and Towns is the heart at this point in time when it comes to the Wolves defeating the Orlando Magic. Like Wiggins, like the blood, like the points. And then the heart is like the, the rebounding and shot blocking from Towns and, of course, some inside points. So the blood is the more constant thing. That's who Wiggins is right now. So I obviously, they're, they're such huge keys for the success of this team already, despite the fact they're both... Just little little youngsters uh, at this stage of time. Only 20 years old. Um, Towns, huge key in the Orlando game and the Clipper game. Portland coming to Minnesota. This is definitely a Wiggins game. Portland coming to Minnesota. This is Andrew Wiggins written all over it. And Ricky Rubio hopefully not getting his ass destroyed by Damian Lillard again. And others. <laughs> oh, man. McCollum is again having a nice season. Undersized, kind of a kind of a, kind of of a LS type of guy. Kind of a Monta Ellis type of player for those uh, Portland Trailblazers who are now 6-10. and 10. They've had a tailspin after a strong start. Um, really like Afarik Aminu. It's going to be a nice matchup watching Wiggins and Amino go at it. Um, i got to think Kevin Martin is going to have a good game in this one. He should shoot well over uh, McCollum. The fear becomes, does McCollum just drive past him all day? You're going to see a nice battle between those two, got to think. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be a nice battle. I, I think Wiggins is going to win the day in this one, and the Wolves will de- <clears throat> defeat the Portland Trailblazers. Now, I didn't even give a score for the two, uh, the Clippers and the uh, Magic because I'm just rambling on, and I apologize. Hopefully it's a good ramble, though. Um, Clipper game, I think the Clippers will win that one. It's going to be like 99 to 95, something like that. It's going to be kind of... It's You're going to think it's going to be high scoring, and it's going to wind up not being. And then Orlando game is going to be 101... 101 to 95, Minnesota will win. Portland and Minnesota, I think the Wolves have a fun, fun little night. 110 to 100 over the Portland Trailblazers. It's going to be a fun game. You're going to see some highlight plays in this one. Just just like the Clipper game, but you're going to see some... This is going to be a high-scoring game for Wiggins. I I can just smell it. I I can feel it coming. But I think you're also going to see a 20-plus type of game. Also, a Zach Levine. Zach Levine's going to show up in this one. He'll probably show up against the Clippers as well. I mean, he loves playing in that stable center. I forgot to mention him, and I do apologize. I get too caught up in a couple people here. But um, guys like... It's going to be between Kevin Martin and Levine, I think, and Wiggins in the Portland one. And then the others, it's going to be Towns... Uh, the Clipper game, Towns, Wiggins is always there, but like Levine, Towns, Levine are going to be huge X factors in that one. Um, Rubio is always what he is. You just hope he shows up and, and plays well and ha- has a couple of good shots along the way. Plays decent defense, and I think he will. But I think Wiggins is going to have one of his higher scoring games against Portland. This will probably be his, his uh, weekly high. Uh, it's going to come against the Portland Trailblazers Saturday, December the 5th. That's going to be a fun game. The Wolves will win 110 to 100 with Wiggins with 28-ish, 28-ish type performance, and you're going to see a 20-ish game from Martin or Levine, if not both, but probably not both. It's going to be one of those two, though, is going to really show up, and I think Rubio gets a 10-assist effort in this one. Yeah, there you go. There's your preview. It's a bit long here, so now let's get to the fan interaction. I do apologize for that. So I think the Wolves will have a pretty positive week, and 
Just going to very briefly go back over it. Um, the Wolves will beat Sacramento tonight. Again, it's kind of in between here. I like to record these on the weekends because then it's like a week. But it'll either be in the future. It's either going to be it's either going to be Tuesdays or Sundays or something with this show. I'll, I'll figure it out. Or Saturdays. It's going to be something like that, though. But yeah, Wolves will beat Sacramento, lose to the Clippers, beat the Magic, beat the Blazers. So we're going to have a three-in-one week. And the Minnesota Timberwolves will come back with a record of uh, 10 and uh, ten and 9. That's going to be pretty awesome. So looking forward to that. Hopefully, hopefully it does turn out that way. We shall see. Let's get to fan interaction. Back here on Timberwolves Explosion, segment number three, fan interaction, Facebook page, and Twitter account. Um, hope you like that Zelda music there. Yeah, <laughs> I've got some new music's going to keep bleeding in. I was able to dig some of that up when I was getting frustrated, waiting for my, my wife to uh, get going on her Black Friday shopping. Ugh, degenerate thought process there, but okay, I, I, I mean, I, I'll just stop it. <laughs> I just don't like to shop unless it's online, I guess. That's just, eh. Or, or if it's just quick little errand stuff and a quiet weekday morning. That, that's how I roll. That's that's how I roll. You know, I don't like to be around all those. I don't like to get trapped in exits and stuff. But, yeah. Um, yeah, so that, that's what I was doing and I was waiting for. Trying to get, I was adding some more music. I'm like, you know what? i got to get some Zelda mixed into all these. you got Mega Man. you got your Mario. Um, Turtles. Ninja Gaiden. Now you got uh, some Zelda, too. It should have been in there like a year ago or two years, ten years ago, whatever. So, yeah. The George Washington of uh, Minnesota Sports uh, Podcasting is back here. That's me. <laughs> Minnesota Sports Podcasting, yep. Gotta, I've got to be the oldest podcaster and sports podcaster in this town. I'm, that's me, doggone it. Um, not in age necessarily, but in uh, length, long, longevity. Uh, okay, I'm dragging this too far. For Facebook, simply go in the search bar, type in Minnesota, uh, excuse me, Timberwolves Explosion, Minnesota Timberwolves Show. Click on the one that says company, not group. Company, not group. So now I attempt to, uh, yeah, and you click the major button that says like, like like the page. I like to lead off, leave off from the last show, which was Timberwolves Explosion, episode 157, battling the rim and the refs, and nobody clicked like or commented. Shame on you guys. You must have got bored with me a little bit. Plus, you probably were thinking I'm disappearing. I'm a disappearing act, which I was, but I'm back now, baby. Uh, here we go. I was talking about the Atlanta game, where the Wolves led by 32 po- 34 points in the game, and I said, despite the fact we nearly blew a 34-point lead, the Wolves beat one of the best teams in the NBA tonight on the road and in Atlanta for the first time since 2002. I certainly knew it had been an awfully long time. The Wolves were 4-0 at the, on the road at that point. Now let's win a freaking home game tomorrow night, which they did not. I got a couple of replies here. Uh, and then I said, for the record, I love the Hawks uniforms. They finally brought back the right colors, just modernized now versus the retro ones. Vinny Vince Germano saying, just need to play every game on the road, yeah? You know, that's what our that's what our basketball team did for Maranatha many years ago. Maranatha Christian Academy. Shout out to Nate Lindholm if you're listening and, and others. And maybe Jonathan Middleton's listening, who was actually my teammate. Uh, I was power forward. He was center back in the day. Back in the day, back in the Ferg. No. 
Uh, Tanay Brown out of New Zealand, Vince Germano out of Australia, the Melbourne area there. Tanay from New Zealand saying, missed the game, thought it was a typo on the update on my phone. Thought we came back from 30 down. <laughs> nope, they came back. Um, gonna watch it tonight. I'll be sure to post my thoughts after. And doggone it, I don't think he did, but maybe he did actually. And I'll get that's when I get to the uh, the the uh, individual posts, not posts from me. Uh, Randy Santana, also from Australia, saying and let the injuries begin again. Rubio on the sidelines. Peck still out. Wiggins rested the other day. Losses to Indiana and Charlotte, two of the weaker East teams. Come on, what's going on? The funny part is both of them are actually better now, but I understand the frustration at the time. But Charlotte is probably going to make the playoffs again, and I think Indiana is too. But no, I totally hear you. It's just that they at, at the time, it didn't look like they were going to be anything, and now they've gradually improved since then. I guess we were a nice little catapult for them, I suppose. I just love that. Luckily, the Minnesota Vikings were not a catapult for the Green Bay Packers because they lost to the Chicago Bears on Thanksgiving. <laughs> we talking about that on Purple Mafia if I get a freaking chance to record it this week. God damn work schedule. Anyhow, <clears throat> you fill in the blanks there. By the way, did I call it or did I call it? Look at the Houston Rockets. They truly are the flop of the Western Conference. I posted that. Got a couple, well, only one reply. It is Tanay saying, who do you think takes over there, Joey? And yes, it's J.B. Bickerstaff for now. Maybe Tibbs. I hope not. But even Jeff Van Gundy, uh, because Steve Francis isn't there anymore, which is a good thing. Tanay saying, I don't know who I'd want to see there. I feel like Tibbs would be a waste. They wouldn't listen to him. That's a good point, because it's a very low-energy team. Very good point by Tanay Brown. That's a low, you know, for some reason, Houston's been a low-energy team for the last... 10, 15 years, you know, maybe they kind of always were, but no, when Sam Cassell and Robert Ory were there hitting clutch shots for the, for clutch city over there, what a shame it was when they traded those guys away, you know, when the Rockets traded those guys away for uh, Charles Barkley, damn it, they made a mistake, you know, and you know, as great as Chuck is and all that, they made a mistake, I mean, huge, I mean, think about Sam Cassell, how clutch he always was and all that. They just got too greedy, too glitzy, and when teams do that, they, they, they're, just, they're just screwing themselves. And plus, they change their uniforms, too. You don't... That, that's another team that needs to bring back their, their colors and everything and leave them alone. The Rockets had their third jerseys uh, the last couple of years where they added the yellow again with the red. Oh, if, if, you can't, if you can't guess, I really love those old jerseys with red and yellow mixed. Oh, they're so good. So freaking good. Rockets, Sonics, and and Hawks, best jerseys in the NBA. Damn it, when they're when they're when they're retroish. Oh man, um, of course Sonics don't exist anymore. Uh, Hornets are the other one, and congrats to them with with their um, modernized but but retro colors. Freaking awesome. Uh, breaking news: Timberwolves explosion is finally on Stitcher. Yep, I'm so happy to finally have it up there. And it shows a comment, and it's not showing up. And I think it was I think it's Vince or Hank, and it won't show it. I don't know if they deleted it or what happened here. Ah, that pisses me off. Nothing there. I, I don't know, man. And I was looking at it earlier. Uh, so whoever did post, if they didn't delete it, that sucks. Um, I apologize. Oh, yeah, there's a lot of posts in here. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah, that's a pretty big deal. Shoot. I'm going to get to that, too, in a second. That's Thank you very much, Tanae. Wow, there's a lot to say in here. We're going to go to, okay, here we go. Vince, uh, Hank, excuse me, McCoy of the Courtside Podcast. 
says, okay, I think I'm almost convinced that Towns is already Minnesota's best player. Great game against Chicago. Yep, I'm, I think I read that last time. Um, yep, hey, you know, I should, I didn't even respond, but yeah, uh, Towns is at least the second best player. Yeah, you're second or third, I should say. Um, you got yeah, second best. Damn it, he's second best. Uh, today saying could have been five and one if a few calls went away in that Portland game. Four and two isn't bad though. I'd like to see more minutes for Gorgie. He struggled a bit. I'm glad Wiggins finally got something going in the first half against the Bulls. The shooting percentage is pretty bad, but I'm glad he was aggressive. It was just great to see what the future could be like in that Bulls game. Yep. Absolutely. Uh, I thought I, I think I did read these, but I'll just keep going. Uh, it might as well now. Uh, Joseph Phillips saying it's it's fun, but hard to support this team sometimes. It's either lethargy or the kind of energy that any basketball fan loves. Yep. So it's like all over. Yeah. Look at today's 30 point lead at halftime only to only to have the yep, have the Hawks just about pull it, pull it out. Yep. A question. A question for you, Joey. Do you think the players have confidence in the coach? I just get a feeling that some of the decisions and plays are not going down well with the players, and that shows in the sometimes lethargy. Could be wrong. Happy to hear others' thoughts as well. Um, yeah. I think Kevin Martin getting sat down, didn't. it certainly didn't go well with Kevin Martin. Um, Levine at point guard doesn't make a whole lot of sense. And Andre Miller, when he does get a chance to play, he's still a decent point guard out there. He, you know, he kind of reminds me of when the Wolves had uh, had uh, Rod Strickland many years ago, back in the 0203 season. Now I remember it just like that because that's the kind of guy I am. Photographic memory when it comes to the Timberwolves, anyway, <laughs> and and other things, I suppose. Um, so just just a nice little nice little quarterback out there. Not gonna not gonna have a great game, but he's a valuable quarterback to run an offense, and I like him out there just like I liked old Rod Strickland as well. Um, certainly different body types from the two guys where Strickland was pretty skinny and, and just really like 80s-ish type of basketball looking. And then you got Miller, who's just, he looks kind of heavy, a little Don, Donovan McNabbish out there, but I think he brings a little bit more to the table than Donovan did to the Vikings. Hank McCoy saying, Joey, if this team isn't careful, they might mess around and make the playoffs. <laughs> they nearly wet the bet against both the Bulls and the Hawks, but this season they seem to be finding a way to pull out the wins. Sometimes that's enough to turn the corner. Thoughts? Thoughts? It, it is. It is, absolutely. Um, they've been way more clutch, and they have a go-to guy. That's the title of this episode, by the way, Go-To Guy. And like I said, the the, the, old, the whole Shadow Man bit during the... Uh, it's always the thing in between um, first segment and second segment. I have that little bit. It's Shadow Man for Mega Man 2, for those of you... Or 3, pardon me, for those of you wondering. Um, where I was like, oh, gee, you know, I... I, I guess calling Wiggins the go-to guy means I'm totally against Towns now. Towns is nothing. You know, I think they both are franchise type of players. Shaq and Kobe were both franchise type of players, and other teams have had guys like that on their team as well. But at the end of the day, to me, Wiggins is the, is the go-to guy on the in the offensive side of the ball. He's the one that'll get the MVP award most of the time. If, if say, the Wolves win three championships, maybe Wiggins would get two MVPs and Towns would get uh, one. But let's not get too far ahead of ourselves, right? Let's see some replies in here. Dan May saying they have a good team. Hopefully Big Cat doesn't turn into another Candyman. Luke Will of the Orlando, of the uh, Golden State Warriors fame. Hopefully he's a listener to the show. I thought I had jinxed Joey at halftime. Yeah, because he could not believe the score. 
nice to hear from Dan May and Luke Will as well. And I didn't even comment on that, Hank. And I'm sorry. I, I was probably yeah. I know what was going on. I was. I lost track of things. And plus, plus the text was like in the middle. Yeah. But you, usually I respond to those anyway. But my work schedule at the time, yeah, was friggin' horse bleep. I was working out in the, the warm, the cold, the wet, the dry, whatever it was. It was not so much the wet, but it was sometimes it was, sometimes when it was. Tanae saying, wow, Wiggins played one heck of a game, shot the ball really well, and was aggressive coming down the stretch. He he played with as much emotion as I've ever seen out of him. Brilliant to watch. I hope he can carry it on tonight. And Towns was very impressive defensively with three blocks in the final three minutes. Great to see. Hopefully they can get a win tonight. They'll need to protect the ball better to win this one. And I believe that was the... Hornets game at the time. Yeah, it was the Hornets. Uh, Tanae saying bad, lost, really needed Baz. Really needed Baz of Big G to step up and score more from the bench. I thought Baz would... Oh yeah, Big Gorgie. Yep, and Big Gorgie. That's what I mean. It's probably voice text. I I get that a lot with mine. It always changes it. (laughs) So I can definitely relate. Uh, I thought Baz would shine tonight as a main scorer off the bench, but nope. I like what I saw from Belitza too. He hasn't disappointed me so far this season. I had high hopes when I heard he was coming, and he's really good. Um, I yeah, see, I wasn't commenting much, but you know what? These comments always get on the show, though. So keep keep them coming, and I, I'll I'll reply more often. I did reply to the one that's coming up here, which is a pretty significant story. It just kind of went in the back burner for now, I guess, because it's kind of a quiet thing. Uh, but first, before I get to that one, Danae saying some some good things from the Warriors game. The bench played really well. I could see Baz and Belita coming into the starting lineup. Zach's effort on D against Curry was frustrating. Saw a lot of plays where he just gave up. I don't think anyone really thought we'd win this, but I'm glad the Wolves did manage to put up some effort in the second half. On to the Pacers tomorrow. And yeah, the schedulers were awfully mean with all these back-to-backs. This is the interesting one that kind of had me going like... Hmm. And both Hank and Tanae posted about it. Glenn Taylor reportedly negotiating a minority stake sale of the Timberwolves. Um, I'm going to kind of click on it here a bit just to kind of get the details here. A minority owner of the Memphis Grizzlies is the guy that uh, Glenn Taylor's talking to at this point in time. Now we get this thing where they want me to download the app, and I'll I'll download it one of these days. (laughs) Uh, What was the guy's name here? Now, of course, this is from... Wojo, Adrian Wojnarowski, yep, Kaplan. Uh, Steve Kaplan, a minority partner of the Memphis Grizzlies. He wants to, to uh, Glenn Taylor is engaged in talks to him, serious talks, to sell an approximate 20% stake in the franchise to a group led by Kaplan. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah. <sighs> hmm. Kaplan, huh? Well, what about Garnett? Yeah, because the, the talk is the 20% potentially could lead to Kaplan later on being the majority owner of the Minnesota Timberwolves. Um, I don't think Glenn Taylor, and of course he's been very adamant about this from day one, he would not sell to somebody that has any intent of moving the Timberwolves out of Minnesota. And I got to think that's going to continue that direction because you don't just have Wiggins and Towns here and then Flip dies and it's like, okay, cancel everything out of here. It doesn't matter where the, where they, uh, who buys the team. Um, if Garnett leaves town, so be it. I, I pray to God that's not what's going on. I, I I don't think it is. And that would just be really dumb if that was the case. That would really suck. I, I don't think it is. Um, 
conversations back and forth here between me and Tanay and Vince, or actually me and Vince here, I was saying the same thing. I pray to God that what I just said wasn't the case. Vince saying, was the plan for Garnett to become the majority owner after he retires? And he says, wolves aren't going anywhere when I was afraid. And I said, I wonder if Garnett is still in. I would, I wish I could get inside. And uh, Vince saying, would surely, would have to be, surely. I hope so. You never know what Garnett's thinking. You really don't. He's kind of like the godfather a little bit, where you don't know. He never tells anybody what he's thinking. Um, Though, then again, he probably does tell some people. He's kind of got that Scarface godfather personality a little bit, that son of a gun. In fact, his favorite movie is Scarface. I remember reading that in a magazine years and years ago. Um, Stu Benson saying, or maybe Wolves fans should be excited about the possibility of new owners. There's no sensible reason to fear the unknown. I can hear you a little bit, but I'm a little bit scared. I was saying how, let's see, Hank saying, true, always two sides, though. We've always seen it happen before. Would hate to see the team lose direction because of new ownership. It's already a tough season for these kids to swallow. And I was saying, the thing is, we've had teams leave, including the Wolves attempting to leave in 1994. So I have a natural fear in me that will probably never leave, though odds are everything will be fine. Stu saying, let's hope they stay put. Uh, and on their current uh, trajectory, yep. Ricky, Wiggins, and Towns are an invaluable core. Yep, absolutely. They really are. Well, some more busy stuff. Uh, Hank saying, I'm starting a new campaign in Minnesota, and yes, I totally agree. Zach is a shooting guard, so let's give him some minutes at shooting guard, right? <laughs> uh, Dan May saying he's been getting minutes in... Since Ricky, I can't stay healthy. Rubio's out. Luke is talking about how he's a bit of a he's a bit of a spud, but I compare him to a Harold Miner in the '90s, very athletic, but not a good enough shooter for a shooting guard. You know, he he got pretty hot from three point range. That generated some argument back and forth. His three point shooting has picked up a bit, and that's another topic that I'd like to get into. It's just so many damn games to kind of catch up on. Um, he's shooting forty percent from three point range this year, and he's been pretty clutch from downtown. So I, I'm not ready to write him off at shooting guard yet. And, and I know Luke, maybe when I made a comparison, like he could be a Clay Thompson someday. Luke is probably laughing his ass off. <laughs> but he, he, he might have a little bit of that in him. He'll probably never be the true net scorcher of uh, Clay Thompson, but that could be his role with this team. Uh, he's definitely, he definitely looks like he's the top three-point threat on the Minnesota Timberwolves today. Hank McCoy again doing hashtag free Levine. Uh, Dan May saying give him time. He's not that, he's not that shit. Uh, Miner is finer. Yep. <laughs> he's not that shit. Yeah, he doesn't like Miner. Uh, Hank saying Zach looks pretty good to me today. Haters. And he, yep, he had a really good game against the Memphis Grizzlies. Had a good game, Hank me. Make me my words. <laughs> Says Luke Will. And some more going on. Uh, da, 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 da. Okay, yep. They just kind of continue a little bit of little bit of small backbiting, having fun with each other. Great conversation there, guys. I wish I commented more in there, and I apologize. Keep, keep bringing those to the mix, though, Hank. You are a conversation king. That's why I call him an engineer, and he's definitely the, the Sherlock Holmes over there with the court side. Sherlock Holmes and John Watson over there. Me and Marcus are, are still, even though even though he's never on anymore, they had Daryl Hall and, and John Oates, the, the Hall and Oates of basketball radio. And overall, I'm the George Washington of Minnesota sports podcasting. Yeah. I mean, heck, I've been, I've been doing it since 2008. And I've done over 500 shows now with the combined uh, podcast. So that's the George Washington. Sorry for those of you out there that may be laughing and disagree. 
It's, I am, damn it. Joe Phillips out of Australia also is saying, is it too simplistic to say that Rubio is the heart and soul of the team, given the Wolves finally won a game when he came back into the team, onto the team? Yeah. It's safe to say he is the, yeah, he's he's the heart, I could say. Yeah, we're, I don't even know how to compare everybody. But yeah, he's the heart in that sense, yes. Or is he the brain? It's one of the two. He's either the heart and the the heart, the brain, and the blood. Like Wiggins is the blood, and then it's between Towns and Rubio. One's the heart, and one is the 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 brain, basically. Basically, oh man, Hank saying I like the way it all turned out, but it's always fun to speculate. Could you see the Greek freak in a Minnesota uniform? Huh? Oh yeah, how we almost drafted uh, Giannis over there, the Greek freak. That would have been over Shabazz Muhammad. Ultimately, we went with Shabazz. Yeah, I mean, that's interesting, though. Um, yeah, that's a really interesting conversation. I, I should have commented again, but again, I was just I was wrapping up the lawns at that point. Uh, Joe Phillips saying, what happens to this team after halftime? They just capitulate. I don't understand. Yep, that was against the... Yeah, I think that was... I can't remember who that was anymore. I think that was uh, Detroit, if I remember correctly. Yep. Hank saying, I know they lost this game on a heartbreaker, but how about that? Yeah, that was Orlando, but how about that block by the rookie? Yep, Carl Anthony Towns. Yep, that was the Orlando game. Boy, still some more. Only three more, though. We're almost done. So those of you that are thinking this is long, I apologize. Just wanted to get caught up. Uh, Hank saying, a pretty sad effort. Yep, against the Pistons. I think Minnesota needs a little bit of concrete in their Gatorade so they can harden the hell up, put a body on some guys' basic fundamentals. It was terrible. And I was talking about how it was pathetic and they couldn't make a stop on Jackson. Today he's saying, I don't see why they could play so much better on the road. You'd think they would have more pride in playing at home, going harder for the hometown fans. The opposite is happening. And Vince saying, at least you don't have Byron Scott. Yep, because the Lakers are really sucking. We'll be talking about that soon on the Showtime and T-Wolves show, me and Vince, which is also on Stitcher, Nana Boo right? <laughs> Vince saying, if you lose to Philly at home, you are tanking for Simmons. And it looked like they were gonna for a while there. Um, Tanae saying, I had a terrible feeling about this game. Remember last year? Yep, they broke the streak against us, because they did, yeah. And the game started with both teams going the wrong way. Glad they got the win today, though. Was a huge relief to get the notification at work. Time to watch. Yep, because he, yep. Sometimes I have to watch late, too. Final one for Facebook. Vince Germano very recently saying seeing as T E is in the seeing as T E is the place to get all your Timberwolves news, I need to ask you a question. I haven't seen a lot of the Wolves this year, but with the talent you guys have, you shouldn't have such a poor record. So guess I'm asking, what's the problem? Is it coaching? Is it flips passing? Is it, is the bench not performing? What changes would you make if you were the GM or is it a case of just giving the roster some more time? Thanks, mate. At this point, I would say it's giving the roster some time, some more time. Um, Towns is still developing. He's uh, he's had some cool, some quiet games of late, but the Wolves won those, luckily, <laughs> against uh, 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 Philadelphia and Atlanta. At least we had those. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I wasn't really expecting the Wolves to win like 45 games just yet, but... It could be picking up here. I mean, I'm predicting a three-in-one week coming up, uh, Vince. So, Vince Germano, the people's champ. <laughs> it's it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be interesting to see see how things continue to develop. And like I was saying, I think Towns is still coming out of his shell at this stage. 
even though he was coming out of it probably quicker than Wiggins was last year, which generated a lot of a lot of talk in this town that Towns is the franchise and not Wiggins, and then it seemed like right about at that point when Wiggins broke out of his, uh, you know, he said, screw this sore back crap, I'm going to go out there and be be like, uh, you know, Wiggins in year number two. The Wiggins that it looked like he was going to become uh, the next level of of ultra talent, and boy, is he heading there. Yeah, I mean, I'm not too down on the record just the way they blew some of those games like Orlando and but that was kind of like more luck than anything I think that Fournier so let's go to uh Twitter very good conversation though um it, it's a young developing team at this point so uh, there's uh I mean like Levine all the whole situation the backup point guard and of course Rubio being hurt again which was a huge frustration for all of us mm. so there you go let's see if I can Get somewhere with some of these tweets here. I hope that there isn't too many, even though I love the even though I love the uh, interaction. Duh, duh, duh. Okay, yep, Tanay retweeting and favoriting. Thank you very much. The episode one twenty seven. Really, really appreciate that. Um, yep, there was a retweet or a favorite. Uh, that was someone else's there. Got those followed already. I'm going crazy. Uh, Isabella Trent B. Saying, what? No, this makes me sad. That was when Rubio hurt again. Yep, or he was missing the game. Duly Itum. They said, that's what I said last year about... Yeah. Yep, no Rubio again. Who starts? I'm saying Levine. Uh, Tanae Brown. Sometimes games like this make me wish Lorenzo Brown. Levine's ter- Levine looks terrible. Yeah, that was... Yep. Few weeks ago already. Some of these I'll try to get caught up again. League pass alert. Yep, from Joel Bischoff. Thank you for that. Yeah, and Jonathan Brenny was saying the T Wolves are lead by an idiot in Mitchell, so he does not like Sam Mitchell at all because that's when you're losing to the Sixers. So we're getting caught up more quickly with that one, and that's about it. Yeah, because I was saying seriously, are we going to lose to the bleeping Sixers? <laughs> and Diego Luis Contreras saying last year was the same, and you know what? It absolutely was, Diego. It really was. The Wolves lost. The they gave the Sixers the first win of the season after another zero and whatever fourteen start zero and thirteen I think it was, and the Wolves end up losing at home to the Sixers, which generated just a little bit of irritation, just a little bit. The Wolves end up having the worst record in the NBA last year and got the number one pick finally. Charles Brown also retweeted one twenty seven. It was one fifty seven. Thank you very much. It was a little late, but hey, it, it actually helped a little bit I think. So thank you, Charles Brown, out there. Um, really appreciate you. He must be a... Yeah, cause that's the first tweet he ever did. So he must be a listener that followed this show. Thank you, Charles. Hopefully, uh, it's a shout-out to you right there. So there you go. Whew! Very detailed uh, show in general there. Hank McCoy is going to get the gold star for this show. Lots of awesome posts. Lots of great conversation. Always an honorable mention for a guy who's probably got the most gold stars of anybody in Tanae Brown. But I'm, I'm going to give the gold star for this episode to Hank McCoy... Um, so yeah, there were still there were enough comments. There's enough comments on this show that I can pass out a gold star, but I don't know if it's at a point yet where I could pass out a uh, silver and bronze because you know I, I need a few more, probably a few more different posters. But I mean, I love that you guys post as much as you do and keep them coming. Well, that's a great conversation. But then again, I could probably do that. Silver star to Nate Brown, bronze star to Dan uh, to. I'm going to give the bronze star to Luke Will. Really good conversation indeed. Can I keep thinking, keeping things going? Really love you guys out there. Hank Gold, 
Tonight's silver, Luke Will, bronze, and welcome to the show. Hopefully he's actually listening so he can receive that gold star via my, my big mouth here. So I've even eclipsed the 115 mark. This is probably the longest show for a while. We're going to get back down to one hour where it's supposed to be. He was just getting caught up with a lot of things there, uh, a lot of things on my, my chest to kind of maybe drug it out a little bit. I do apologize. Lots of conversation, lots of activity on Facebook and even some on Twitter. Really appreciate you guys very much. Please check us out on Stitcher, Stitcher too. iTunes, if you haven't rated me on iTunes, please give Timberwolves Explosion a nice positive rating on iTunes. And hey, if you have Stitcher, do uh, rate the show on Stitcher as well. Just And it's simple. You can also just give it a thumbs up. It only helps uh, make the show more attractive to potential listeners on Stitcher as well. So just to kind of reach out, to hopefully get more of you in Australia, America, Minnesota, wherever, you know, San Diego, wherever it is. <laughs> Thank you all so much for listening. God bless, and, uh, well, enjoy the Christmas season. It's going to be a lot of fun, the holiday season as well. For those of you that may not sub- uh, celebrate Christmas, God bless you all, and go Timberwolves.